0: hello and welcome back to the final whistle.ie for episode four of the rugby show and as always we've an absolutely packed show here for you tonight we'll start off with some reactions from the connet schools cup final where sligo grammar beat clausia we'll also have reaction from the Munster schools cup and the ulster cup final as well as a preview with kieran noble on the leinster schools semi-finals and the ail and later on the show we'll be joined by buccaneers captain evan galvin but like I said, first, we'll start off with the Connacht Schools Finals, where Sligo Grammar came from behind to defeat Klaasja Ignat by 15 points to 10. Klaasja Ignat took an early lead through Ben O'Malley, and Patrick Nash followed up with five points after that. But it was the second half to remember for Sligo, with John Joe Devines going the first try, and Errol Norris finding a penalty just after that. And then with just over two minutes to go, Matthew Ryan drove over from close range to seal the win for Sligo in what was their 11th title in the Connacht Schools Cup And then in the Munster Schools Senior Cup Crescent College were crowned champions after a 26 points to 5 victory over PBC Cork. Tries from Brandon Nash Jed O'Dwyer, Max Klein, and 11 points from the boot of Oscar Davy sealed the win for Crescent College We have reactions from Head Coach Lee Nicholas
1: Nervous at the start, but once you got into it you really took your chances, particularly in the first half
0: yeah, absolutely,
2: I think that was always going to be the case It's a cup final, you know, the crowds were really loud, I couldn't actually believe it, uh, how, crowd, how loud the crowd was on the sidelines, so fair play to the lads, but um, huge opportunity for Prez in the first couple of minutes, uh, going up 40-50 yards after a handling error by us, but an uh, absolutely awesome uh, recovery tackle by Jed or 15, uh, and to not only get him down but to also stop him and stop his momentum running at full speed was uh, top class defending, yeah.
1: Okay, 14-0 up at half time. You, you you took your chances. What was the message at the half time then?
2: I suppose the message was the breeze had kind of died down at that stage, fortunately, because we were playing with it the first half. Uh, so at half time, we were kind of just saying, keep doing what we're doing, keep the ball in hand, uh, pick and choose our moments to put the ball in behind, uh, and then when we did get the lead, I suppose it was more of a put the ball in behind now uh, and keep doing that, you know
1: okay 197 that they, they got it back to. We were you any bit worried at that stage if they got another try? But you got a try straight away, really, to put the game to bed.
2: Yeah, exactly. I wasn't really worried in that it was against the run of play and it was kind of our own error in that we messed up our own line-out. So, uh, no, I wasn't worried. but uh, Frustrated, but not worried. No, I always believed in the lads. I mean, if you've seen us in the semi-final and what they did in the last three minutes to come back and to win that game, um, we have huge confidence in this group. So, uh, Yeah.
1: The semi-final qualifier win over them did, did that give you a, a, you know a lot of confidence or you know when especially when you knew you were going to face them in the final
2: it did I suppose it gave the players confidence we knew that there was still a huge task ahead of us uh, they're a really good team. and unbelievable coaches on the sideline as well who I know too well Um, so we did know that they were going to be there waiting and that they were going to be a lot better than they were in the first round but I think we clicked here today uh, and that's what got us over the line that we were firing on all cylinders uh, which I don't think we've been doing so far in this cup campaign Um, and I think uh, that was the point of difference today. For us.
1: Yeah, how happy were you as a coach that you get to the final, you, Everything, not everything can go your way across the final but you executed very well, your kick chase early on was good You know, maybe some of the lineups didn't go way, but in general I think he executed the skills that you wanted to execute at the right times, as a coach that must be very rewarding.
2: Yeah our first try there where we drew, uh, we just straightened the line and Uh, played the ball through the hands and Brandon got in the corner, we were absolutely over the moon because we do do so much work on our skills and uh, sitting down the fenders and we've been doing that all through lockdown and all through this year. Um, So it's absolutely brilliant to see it come uh, into play in a cup final and to actually work and get us a try, you know.
1: It didn't seem certainly from our vantage point that there was much nerves within, within both sides really but particularly your own side. How do you prepare at coming into this cauldron and a lot of guys would never have even set foot in the pitch here before today perhaps. How do you set them up for that game and, and you know, did you feel that they, they hit the ground running and they, they, they didn't let the occasion get to them?
2: Yeah, I suppose a couple of them would have played in Junior Cup. A number of them would have played in the Junior Cup here when they were underage for that. Um, But other than that, I suppose it's the final, so we've played two really big games so far, and we've also played the Limerick schools and big derbies, which have drawn big crowds. Uh, But in general, this crowd, they're a very confident bunch and very laid-back and relaxed um, until they do cross the whitewash uh, when they turn into different beasts. As you've seen around half-time there today when there's people flying, and through the air to make tackles you know so uh, like I said they're a laid-back bunch and it doesn't take much to, uh, to keep them grounded and to keep them from getting worked
1: up. And finally as a teacher and I suppose as a, as a rugman, how do you get these guys to, that are obviously kind of finished the school program now how, how do you see them progressing in their, their future careers with clubs and, and maybe indeed with Munster in the future?
2: I mean, some of the guys who are finishing in sixth year this year, I have no doubt that some of them can go on and play professional rugby, uh, and others will go on and play in the All Ireland League, which is not uh, to a high standard as well with their clubs. So uh, I think the most important thing about school rugby or finishing school rugby is that they stay involved. So uh, whatever we need to do or we have done, uh, seeing those boys play rugby next year would be another huge bonus for us, you know.
3: Well, I think both sides have pretty much been tipped for this final
0: we are now joined by our reporter adam mckendry adam welcome to the rugby show
3: thanks very much Luke. thanks for having me
0: and i suppose we have to start now with that big final tomorrow between campbell college and methodist college talk to me a bit about the the sides form up to the final
3: well i think both sides have pretty much been tipped for this final from a long way out i think this has been the intended final from the very beginning and if you'd asked someone before the competition even began this was these were the two teams that they were expecting to be in it so not too much of a surprise that these are the sides that will be contesting it but um it's gonna be a very good game i think because both sides are carrying very good form into this uh, neither side have had any sort of shocking defeats since almost uh, november they've both been putting together very good runs against even a lot of the the southern teams from dublin they've uh, they've both played a lot of games against them and they've they've both seen off some decent opposition as well and then in the competition so far they've uh, <clears throat> they've both progressed pretty much as expected and in the semi-finals i think they both showed they are they are the two best teams because methody Came up against obviously old rivals RBAI, and you always get a good game between those two. But Methody in the second half, they really proved that they were they were a step above their Belfast rivals. And uh, Campbell then came through terrible conditions against Wallace Ha in the semi-final to win. So I, I think this really is the the top two sides in Ulster coming up against each other, and we should see the the best that Ulster schools rugby has to offer on on deck tomorrow
0: definitely and you briefly mentioned there about the semi-finals uh campbell college winning 28-6 over wallace what kind of a game was that um were campbell college kind of in control for for most of the most of the game
3: yeah it was a little bit closer than i think a lot of people would think based on that scoreline purely because wallace kept it tight sort of up until halftime the conditions really were a leveler you know we will go on and talk about the the uh, rbai methody game which was played in beautiful conditions and then the very next day we had a deluge of rain and wind as uh, campbell took on wallace but really it was just campbell controlled the the conditions a lot better and then their forwards took over and that's what did it for them you know whenever you have uh whenever you have conditions like that you need your forwards to stand up and campbell i think really uh really got that from the likes of joe hopes Hooker Zach Holt, Solomons is a really good player. Um, you got likes Oliver McCauley, Flynn Longstaff in the back row. All of them had really good games, and those were the guys we were told about before the game even began, that they were going to be the danger men, and they all stepped up and had big games. And sometimes in schools rugby, that's what you really need. You need your big players to to have a good game, and those guys really stepped up, and I think they'll be leaning on them heavily in the final as well.
0: Absolutely. And then moving on to Methodist against ORBAI and a 43-15 win and um, very dominating performance from from what I heard. Um, can you talk to me in depth about that, really?
3: Again, funny enough, it was a game where it was very close at halftime because Methodist scored two quick tries and you sort of thought, okay, here we go. This is how it's going to, this is going to be how it will play out. But Inst really actually dominated up front for most of the game and they put together two mall tries, uh, one that went over and then one where uh, they went over just sort of first phase after that. And at that point you kind of thought, well, goodness, Methody are, are actually in a bit of a, an arm wrestle here because Inst were putting it up to them, good and proper in the forwards. But then just in the second half, that, uh, that Methody quality took over. And I think one of the big things that, that they got was a really, really good kicking performance from fullback Ben McFarland. We were saying it at the game, like that's probably the best kicking performance we have seen in a schools rugby game ever, because he was landing kicks right on the touchline from a long way out. He just kept the scoreboard ticking over, and in schools rugby that's massive. If you can just keep putting points on the board, just keep for for your mental uh from the mental side of things, if you can keep just the scoreboard taking over and pull away, it just really hammers away at the opposition's confidence. And I think that's what they did. And in the centre, they've got two massive centres in uh, Lorcan Henradi and Captain Peter O'Hagan, two massive guys, really good ball carriers. It's actually set up really nicely for the final because you have Campbell, a team who did so well in the forwards in their semi-final, and Methody, a team who did so well in the backs in their semi-final. And the thing is, both teams are probably going to want to dispel those sort of myths that they're only good in one area of the game. So you're probably going to see them have good games on the opposite side. You're probably going to see the Campbell backs have quite a good game and the Matthew forwards have quite a good game. Uh, but it's it's very well poised after those last four games.
0: And obviously uh, an all-Belfast final, and it, it seems to be that way kind of with, with teams that were left even in the semi-final. Do you think there's a way for schools kind of around Ulster that aren't in Belfast to maybe up their game a little and start contest for the ulster school senior cup
3: it, it does seem to be dominated by belfast schools and you know you, you have a lot of kids who will live outside belfast who will start going to school in belfast purely for the rugby and it, it is a challenge you know you, you have teams that will compete you have the likes of wallace who got to the last four they've They've only won the competition once, and that was the year that the final was cancelled due to the pandemic, so they haven't actually won a final at Kingspan Stadium yet. Um, But you have the likes of Ballymena, who do quite well. You have uh, Ballyclare High, who have started to come onto the scene as well. Uh, Coleray intend to have a decent year so far. Royal School Armagh were the other team in that final whenever Wallace played them in, in 2020 that ultimately didn't go ahead. I think there is a bit of a challenge for the schools outside of belfast because they're not pulling from the same pole as the belfast schools and that obviously makes things tough because it's not like in professional rugby where if you're missing in certain areas you can just go out and recruit and bring guys in the issue is that if you don't have the players there you've just got to hope that they develop as the years go on so It 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 is one of those things where I think schools coaches can look down the years and they can look and say, well, okay, we've got this, this, and this. You you can look at medallion level and say, well, we've got these guys coming through. How do we maximise our our potential here? But ultimately, you are a little bit hamstrung by by the pull you've got and the fact that if players feel they're good enough that. They might then go on and just go go to the Belfast schools anyway. It is tough, but I think one of the big things about the Ulster Schools Cup is the schools outside Belfast do a great job at trying to bridge the gap. I went down to uh, Drumore High just before they played their quarter final. Drumore High are a team that weren't even in the Schools Cup proper until 2017, and they've already made the quarter finals this year. So massive gains. They're putting a lot of emphasis into what they're doing there, into not just the senior team but the team's coming up through and, you know, they're taking them away on trips to South Africa. They're doing a lot of team bonding. They're making sure that it's it's not just, you know, we're focusing everything on our senior team. We're making sure that you're gonna get a lot of coaching whenever you are coming up through the system. And I think that's just what schools have to do. That's how you're gonna bridge the gap is just by making sure that you're saying to them, we will give you the chances to impress. And if you do, you know, we could have a team that goes far in the competition it's not always going to be dominated by belfast goals. you know there are going to be teams that will now ne- will have those purple patches they'll have those years that are very good like um as i mentioned wallace's year whenever the pandemic was cancelled you had uh nathan dope who's now obviously in the Ulster senior setup you have ben carson uh, center in the ulster academy and Ruben crawlers who's captain of the ireland under 20s so you have those years where you have those guys it's just about maximizing those years but the unfortunate truth is i think for most years you're going to have the belfast schools not necessarily dominating but you're going to have most of them there thereabouts
0: and then finally adam before i let you go um if you're back in any side now for tomorrow's final who would you be going with and why
3: oh great question um look uh, as I said before, the boot of Ben McFarlane is massive for Methody just to keep that scoreboard taking over. If, even if they can get a couple of early penalties just to you know lay down a marker, you know McFarlane's going to kick them and that just puts that doubt into uh, Campbell's mind that you can't give away penalties in kicking range when maybe in other games you can't afford to give away a penalty knowing that they're not going to kick it, they're just going to stick it to the corner and you back your defence to keep them out. But look, Campbell... Campbell, I think a lot of people will look at having only beaten Wallace by 22 points, you know, compared to Methody's win in the semi-final, and they'll probably think they weren't as impressive. But they had to go through a lot to see off what was a very good Wallace team. And whenever you have that kind of confidence behind you, and they're going to bring a massive support to Kingspan Stadium for the final as well, I think they're going to be right on it. Ultimately, I think the weather's not supposed to be great in the lead up to the game, but it's supposed to be good during the game. It'll probably be more of a backs game, which will suit Campbell. But it just depends if they can uh, if they can get that forward dominance, which I'm not sure they will get against Methody who are wanting to bounce back after uh, what they put up in, in the semi-final against Dens. So, I think Methody are just slight favorites, but it, it really is too close to call.
0: Thanks so much, Adam, for that. And we, we'll have to get you on next week to see if your prediction have uh, has come true. Anyway, so thanks very much.
3: Thanks for having me.
0: We are now joined by our AIL expert and Leinster School Senior that's Cup that's expert, that. Kieran Noble. Kieran, welcome back to the show.
4: You've given me another expert role now. You're calling me an I expert. Know,
0: <laughs> so, well, we have to really start. And you were one man at the start, too. Did predict these four teams going very far. And the Leinster School Senior Cup semi-final draw with Gonzaga facing Mary's next week and Blackrock facing Newbridge. So we'll start off a bit maybe with Gonzaga and Mary's. How impressive have you been with their performances?
4: Well, I said that Mary's would beat Kilkenny, but to be honest, that was just a stab in the dark. I didn't see anything from Mary's. like Prior to that, and I did see Kilkenny against Bray, so I was kind of thinking to myself, you know, Mary's, I'm just going to go for them. You know, because I've heard... Even though I didn't see them play, I've heard good things about them, so I kind of just went for them. But I was very impressed with Kenny, to be honest. I would have said it was the most competitive quarterfinal out of the four. I think either team could have won. I think the wind was playing a big factor, and Mary's kind of just were the better team in the second half and took their chances. Um, It's hard to know, really, between Mary's and Gonzaga, who's going to... I think either team can win that game, and either team can get into the final. But I think Gonzaga are very, very good. They're very, very well drilled, and the way they beat Wesley, I wasn't surprised at all. To be honest, like I know Wesley had that big win against Ross Gray, and it was probably it was probably the shock of the round. To be fair, and you know people were saying how far could they go, but I kind of knew Gonzaga would just kind of grind them down, and like their fullback McLaughlin, fantastic player. Their out half McMahon, fantastic player. In the second row, Thomas Murphy is another guy who's really impressed me for Gonzaga. So I think if I was to pick a team, it would be Gonzaga because I think they're a team that have really been on a steady rise for the last three, four years. They've put in a lot of work, the juniors and the seniors. And, you know, they're doing really good things. And it's funny, three of the four teams that are in the Senior Cup semi-final phase or the last four, if you rewind three years and look at the same setup. Junior Cup when they were all Junior Cup, uh, so Gonzaga were in the semi final, then Newbridge were in the semi final, then and Rock were in the semi final. Then the only team that aren't in the senior semi final that were in the junior se- uh, semi final three years ago are Michaels, but Michaels would have been there <laughs> if they didn't play Rock oh. in the first round, they would have been there. So it's funny, it does translate like you, you can't kind of predict from the way the Junior Cup goes how the Senior Cup might go. So, yeah, I think. Therefore, uh, it's an interesting semi final lineup. I think Murray's and Gonzaga will be a close game, and it, it could be a bounce of a ball that kind of separates the two sides. And Definitely. F-
0: and I think with that Gonzaga side, one thing that I noticed from, from watching the game was how, how strong their replacements were. And you saw Usheen Murray and Thomas Noon come off the bench. And to score tries, I think that strength and depth is something that is really maybe overlooked at at, at these stages of games. And I think if you're able to bring on a a, a new front row that's just as strong as your starting front row with maybe 20 minutes to go, it's a huge thing. And I suppose that could be something that they might have on Marys. Marys, obviously, if you do 1-15, to they do match up very well with Gonzaga. But I feel the strength of Gonzaga off the bench and at the the huge panel um, could really go in their favour.
4: Also with Gonzaga, I think the league system has really benefited them. Marys aren't involved in the league system because they're supposedly in the top six. But I think Gonzaga, they've had tough tests in the league. Like I was there when they beat Prez Bray last play of the game in the semi-final. Um, you know, they had a tough final against Kilkenny. Kilkenny actually beat them in the early stages of the league. So, like that league process it toughens you up a bit. Come the cup. Whereas Mary's, they would only have been really playing friendlies. And people can say they took those friendlies really serious. But, you know, it's different when you're actually playing for something. So I think Gonzaga might have that competitive edge as well.
0: Absolutely. And one other thing I noticed from the Mary's-Kilkenny game, obviously a very strong second half from Mary's. There were six points down at halftime. But the, the form of Dara Gilburn, an out-half, he, he's an out-half that a lot of people have looked at to maybe be a future Leinster star. But he did have a, a difficult day. And... Um, with the ball and the tee. And I think Kieran Maloney's decision to take him off, kicking Judy's midway through that second half and put Connor Tracy on, who had only actually come off the bench in that first half. But he was a man who showed real nerves of steel. And the fact that you can have a couple of players that can stand up to the plate and be slotting over penalties and conversions at that stage in the game, it's huge as well, isn't it?
4: Well, in schools, I think it's really important to have a few lads that you you can rely on, not just one. I think sometimes you can get caught up in some teams maybe the smaller schools where there's one lad that you know is really good that's played is a Leinster representative an Ireland representative and you like rely on him so much that on the like he's only normal like these lads so you know they can have a bad game but as you said Mary's were able to bring on somebody who was able to take the pressure off a bit you know and that's what you need schools need to have a full squad rather than just one or two lads
0: 100% and I remember when we were speaking a couple of weeks ago two sides that you did single out for their real strength and it was Blackrock and Newbridge and the two of them meet then next week. How do you see this one playing out? I know Newbridge are a side that are maybe a bit close to your heart sometimes you know them well.
4: Yeah, well, yeah, my dad went to Newbridge so I suppose like I'm always um watching how Newbridge are doing but to be honest with you, my dad won't like this or any of my uncles but I saw him, Blackrock, play Newbridge in that Junior Cup semi-final three years ago and Black Rock won something like 50-something-seven. 50, 50 like, it, it was pretty... Black Rock, like, went to town on them. And I can't see it being any different, to be honest. I, I just think, like, OK, Paddy Taylor wasn't there that day. He was only in first year. Todd Lawler wasn't there that day. Lucas Berkey was there. And then he went on to skip TY, so he's not in the school anymore. Like, I just think Newbridge... Like everything would have to go right for them, and everything would have to go wrong for Black Rock, to be honest. Like, Black Rocker, that team is probably like I talked a lot about Michaels two years ago and the team they had, the lads they had, Chris Cosgrave and all those guys, and they were being called the dream team of St. Michael's. Now, they actually did end up losing in the semi final, so I was proven wrong. Newbridge beat them, but I do think this Black Rock team is just unbelievable. The front row, the two McCarthy's fantastic players that you'll definitely see play for Leinster and maybe even Ireland in the future. You've got Quirk at out half, who's very good. Cuny in the centre, Kurtzinger. Like, all these guys, Queen on the wing. Like, they're just a full package. And I just think something really, really has to go wrong if they're not going to win the Cup this year. And I know that's really boring. Like, people always say, oh, everyone tips Rock. And if you don't tip Rock, you tip Michaels. But that's just the way I see it. I genuinely don't think... Anybody can kind of upset them. To be honest, I might be wrong, and I know you're hoping for some sort of some sort of team to upset the apple cart a bit. But I just think Rock are just so good this year. I just can't see, I can't see anybody beating them. But the big thing for Newbridge, the big thing for them is um, Paddy Taylor went off with a bad concussion in the last game, so he got bad head knock. So and when he went off the pitch, they didn't score any more points. I don't think. Um, I think when he went off, they didn't score. They didn't score any points in the second half anyway, and they looked in real trouble. Um, uh, he, they looked to be in real trouble in the second half. Like offensively, defensively, they were very good. Like the two back rows they have in uh, Kieran Kelly and McGrory, gr- is it or number seven? Yeah. They have two fantastic players in defense but in attack they looked a bit they didn't they looked a bit confused and they didn't really know where they were going. Lawler was gone off and um Taylor was gone off. So I think if they have any chance at all, those guys have to be playing. Especially Taylor. Like Taylor is only sixteen I think he's in TY. So he's a guy that they're gonna rely on for the next three years. But for Newbridge I don't think they're really even if they lose, obviously they're not gonna openly say we want to lose this game. But even if they lose, I think they're really focused on the next two years. Like, um, like not this year, but I think, you know, next year and the year after that, you've got Ty Brophy for another year. You've got Paddy Taylor. You've got Mangan on the wing, who has the three years as well. You've got Bowen, the prop, uh, and has three years. He's a very good player. So they're building for the future. And I really think in the next two years, they can really tackle, you know, the Senior Cup. I just think this year is maybe a year too early for them, and I really don't see anybody stopping Rock to be honest. Sorry to be boring and <laughs> but I just don't I just can't see it to be honest.
0: Well, we'll have a fair idea of one of the teams that are true to the final anyway by this time next week. And moving on then to the AIL. Obviously, no fixtures there is a two-week break at the moment, but we will go back to the last fixture and um, on the fifth of March. And I suppose Clontarf in Division One A, a very narrow win over Terran Europe, but they remain 12 points clear at the top.
4: Yeah, they're very good. I've seen, them, um, I've seen them a couple of weeks ago against Lansdowne and they're just very composed. You've got guys like Alex Soroka who are part of the Leinster team, Leinster Academy in the back row, fantastic player. You've got somebody like Matt Darcy in the centre who's been in Clontar for years and years and you'd expect... He's probably, I don't know what age he is, but he's probably getting on, you know. And you'd expect him to be slowing down a little, but he's definitely not. Like, he was outstanding against Lansdowne. And I think Clontarf showed that there was a bit of a gulf between them and Lansdowne, to be honest. In that game in the second half, Clontarf just looked so much better than Lansdowne in so many different facets of the game. So I think, yeah, Clontarf are the favourites to go on and win the AIL. Now, obviously, anything can happen in the playoffs. I wouldn't rule out Lansdowne, but they've had a few tough weeks. You know, they lost that game against Clontarf, and then they lost against Young Munster. So, Young Munster have done the home and away double on them this this year. Um, So, you know, they've done, Young Munster have done really well. But the most interesting thing in that playoff kind of battle is fourth place. You've got Cork Um, I think they're 40, 47, I think, maybe they're on. And then you've got Young Munster, who are in fifth, who are on 44. And then you've got Trinity, who, to be fair, had a massive win against Cork Khan the last day. Uh, They're on 39. But Young Munster and Cork Khan actually play each other in round 17, I think. And that's a massive game. If Young Munster can beat them, I think Young Munster will have home advantage. And if Young Munster can beat them, that might get them into the playoffs. Whereas Trinity need... Young Munster to lose, and they need Corconn to lose a couple of times for them to get in the top four. Uh, Hope isn't all lost for them, but there's still a possibility. I think, yeah, Lansdowne are pretty much true to the top four. Clontarf definitely are, and I think Terran Yor are pretty much there too, to be honest, but I think the big thing for Terran Yor now is, in their last, the three games they lost up until they went on the big 10-game uh, winning streak, Uh the three games they lost were Clontarf, Lansdowne and Young Munster. So they lost to Clontarf the last day out by one point. And now they have Young Munster and I think then they have Lansdowne. And I think they need to win those two games just, just for their own mental state of mind, just to know that they beat those teams. I think it's really important because they might end up playing both. one of them or both of them in the playoffs. So I think they really need to just beat one of those teams, you know, just to give them a bit of confidence. I think in... In Terms of relegation, I think you're probably looking at. I said this weeks ago, but it's between UCC and Ballyhinch. I think UCD are all right, Gary Owen are all right, so I think that's what you're looking at there. And then, yeah, in terms of the how the playoffs are going to go, you don't really know. Like, playoffs is like it, you may as well have a clean slate in a lot of ways, but I think Clontarf will be the favorites going in. Uh, Young Munster can do a lot of things as well if they're in there, like Patrick Campbell, who's with Ireland under 20s, once they get him back. And Connor Hayes is another guy. I think he's been injured the last while. And if they get him back, that would really help them. I haven't seen much of Cork Conn, but Cork Conn are always good come the playoffs. So it'll be interesting to see what happens there.
0: It most surely will. And then moving on to Division 1B Wesley, 12 clear at the top with Highfield in second place. And Shannon have overtaken Nace into third place after their win over Old Belvedere. And I suppose Old Wesley, big win over Nace last time out, 29 points to 19. With that top four there, Nace are four points ahead of St. Mary's, who are in fifth. Do you kind of see that maybe staying as it is, or do you think Mary's or maybe even City of Armagh can make a late burst for that top four spot?
4: The thing about St. Mary's is they were actually in the top three up until a few weeks ago. I think they've lost three games in the bounce. They lost against Old Belvedere, they lost against Highfield, and then they lost against City of Armagh. So they're in a real rut, I think, you know, and it's the wrong time. It's the wrong time of the season to be in a rut, you know. And I think Shannon are a team that are the opposite. I think they're becoming really, really good at the right time of the year because I was commentating with Justin uh, O'Belvrier versus uh, Shannon a couple of weeks ago, and Shannon were just really good in the second half. And they looked – like I said on commentary at the start of the game that I thought old Wesley were going to win will not be comfortable enough like the way things were going. But then after the game, after I saw Shannon, I was like, Geez, you know, Shannon looked like they could, you know, really give Old Wesley a go. And they actually play each other in round 18. But I said to Justin, I don't know how much they'll give. They might be looking at each other for the playoffs, so I don't know how much they'll give away in that game. They might keep their cards close to their chest. But actually, the captain for Shannon, who was very, very good, you had him on the program already, uh, Lee Nicholas, he was excellent for Shannon the last day against... um. Against Old Belvedere, and then you've got Kelvin Brown in the back row as well. Jake Flannery was playing out half that day for Shannon. Brilliant player, he's a bit monster, and I think he he was my man of the match. To be honest, you know, when those guys come back to club level, if they've been in the provinces, you know, you can tell straight away because they're just that little bit above the rest. And he really turned it on in the second half, which really helped Shannon. So they'll be hoping he'll be around for the next few weeks
0: definitely and i agree with a lot of what you were saying there i think there will be a lot of mind games maybe to be played in them final couple of games like you're saying shannon meeting it up against old wesley and i saw it with the uh, with the women's round robin and you can't really expect the side to be putting out their uh full strength team especially when they have their spot guaranteed and i suppose moving on then to division 2a quite a strange weekend there last time out with three of the top four losing uh obviously queen's university the only ones who did get a win over baron hall and Queen's University sitting 14 clear, Cashel in second place. And it was a shock loss for Cashel, who lost to last place, Rainy Old Boys, by 24 points to 21. And um, Buccaneers sitting in third place, but do have two losses on the bounce. And Ballymena then sitting in fourth, who are six points clear, Barnhall in fifth. And c- quite similar to Division 1B, with that six points separating fifth and fourth place. How do you see that playing out? I know there's still quite a few big games to go.
4: Yeah, well, I don't get to see much of two A, but you know, from what I read and what I see the odd time, you know, Queens University seem to be kind of like the Wesley of two uh, A, you know, they're you know, they seem pretty comfortable, but we've talked about it numerous times. You know, it doesn't really matter if your class for the eighteen rounds in the north season, you have to do it in the playoffs. Um Baron Hall are a team that have really, you know, improved over the years and it would be really good for them if they could make the playoff places. But uh, yeah, it'll, it'll be interesting to see what happens there. Two B is another division where a lot of things are happening. Belfast Harlequins seem to be a team where they're really coming good at the right time in the season. They beat Greystones uh, a few weeks back, and since that, they've really you know improved with every game. They Absolutely. look really good. Beat Blackrock Black, as well,
0: and Harlequins beat them with three points. And obviously, we had Christian Benison on the program a couple of weeks ago, and he was saying the hunger and the determination in the squad to to get back up to the higher divisions, which they should be in. He was like, we were a Division 1-B club. We've been there before. And I think that hunger, when you have someone like that driving it through the club, it it really goes far. And I suppose Greystone's had a little bit of a blip, two games that they lost in a row, but they get back to winning ways against Ballina last time out. But a huge game at the top of the table there. They take on Corinthians next. Um, How do you see that one playing out? Corinthians been very impressive this year as well.
4: Yeah, it'll be interesting because I... I said when I started doing these podcasts that I've seen Greystones over the years. They do really well in the regular season, but sometimes when it comes to the comes to the serious stuff, they can sometimes fade away. So I know I said teams aren't going to show much, and but I think Greystones are going to have to go out just for a bit of confidence. They're going to have to go out and prove that they can beat these guys because I think they might end up facing them in the AIL final in 2B. Maybe not. Maybe they will. But they need to beat them like before the playoffs, just to give them that bit of confidence. And, you know, in the dressing room, the coach can say to them, the semi-final or the final, like we've beaten these guys only a couple of weeks ago. So that kind of gives them that mo- motivation that they can do it. And I think Greystones are a team that kind of need that that sort of motivation and buzz. And they've had a couple of injuries too in the last few weeks. Mark Myler took a bad... Uh, he got smashed in a tackle, to be honest. And I think he broke his arm or something. I was talking to him a few weeks ago. Uh, it, get, it was in the Belfast Harlequins game and there was a few other lads that went off that day. I think Dan Mannion went off. So injuries play plays its part as well. So it'll be interesting to see who's available for them come the business end of the season. Personally, uh, being from Wicklow, I'd love to see Greystones go up. But um yeah, it'll be interesting to see what happens.
0: Definitely. And then finally moving on to Division 2C and a score nine points clear at the top ahead of Scaries. And I think that top four is really... Some of that is quite settled. Middleton are sitting ten points behind Tullamore, but they do face Banger next, and you never know a, a win for for Middleton, I should say. And maybe if Tullamore fails to pick up points, it could really change it up a bit and it's heading into that nervy stage of the season.
4: Yeah, um, I spoke about Ennis a couple of times as well. And I think if they could if they could go and win two C and get promoted to two B, I think it would give so much motivation to teams like Bechtov that look like they're gonna be they're Challenging to go back up to the AIL now. I think they have to play like a round-robin competition or something. But even smaller clubs like, I don't know, Seapoint, Wicklow, Monkstown. Like seeing Enniscorthy go up to 2B would give them so much motivation. Because only two or three years ago, Enniscorthy were in Leinster League 1A. And they were winning the Towns Cup. So I think just showing that the AIL gap and that gap isn't so big, I think it would really give teams a lot to, you know, hope for. So I think I'd love to see Ennysgorthy win the league, to be honest. I think it would be great. Um, And they look like a really good team, to be fair. Ever since they won that Towns Cup and they won the Leinster League uh, 1A a couple of years ago, they've really went from strength to strength.
0: Definitely. And Ciarán, it's been a pleasure as always. So Thank you very much. And we'll have to get you back on next week, see how your predictions are coming through for the Leinster Schools right. Cup.
4: Hopefully they're all good again.
0: And we are now joined by Buccaneers captain Evan Galvin. Evan, welcome to the Rugby Show.
5: How are you doing? Thanks for having me on.
0: And I suppose, first of all, um, you've had a decent season so far, but how can you sum up the AAL campaign?
5: Uh, I suppose it's been topsy turvy for us now. We um, started off pretty well, then went through a slump there on Christmas time um, with some tough fixtures, um, got the show back on the road, and then we've we had two uh, recent losses. So. Um, we're still in contention, we're in in, in the top four at the moment, so that's where we hope to be at the end of the season. So we just need to uh, get back to winning ways and hopefully um, see out the end of the season then progress on to them playoffs is our aim.
0: Definitely, and you briefly mentioned it there, them couple of losses to to Crescent and Mm. UL Bohemians. and I suppose when you're in the dressing room or training sessions, is there anything different you do when you're maybe in a bad slump of form or how do you try to get the, the show back on the
5: road? Um, I think we just have to stick to what, we're, what our process is and, and what, what we do in training. Um, I feel like we're very close in them games. It so was just maybe a bit off, three percentage off. Maybe it was a mindset thing or um, I don't know if a few decisions going away. I don't think you can have an knee-jerk reaction to these things. Um, we just got to stick to our process and hopefully um, our, our training will uh, go fruition onto the pitch and we can we get back, and, we're back to win a ways. We have um, actually a Conoco final tomorrow on Paddy's Day, so we're, we're aiming to... Get a bit of silverware there and get a bit of buzz back in the squad, and then lead into the last AL game. So that's our um, that's our aim at the moment. Definitely. And how important is that game then tomorrow, even
0: for confidence? I suppose to end in that AL season strongly.
5: Yeah, oh, it's a huge day for the club. You know, it's um, we train all year, and it's not it's not often you you get into into a final and a chance to win some silverware. So um, our focus is clearly on that. We haven't even talked about the AL game, so our um, playing that tomorrow will be a tough fixture, and um, in the sports ground here in, in Galway. So. Um, um it'll be that's our main focus now and we be great to win a trophy. So um um if we win that we'll, we'll hopefully we'll lead into a good season but that's the main focus at the moment. A hundred percent. And if I can kind of jot your memory back to the to the start of the season. As a group
0: do you really um put goals together that you that you want to achieve or even personal goals for yourself at the start of the season what we aim for
5: um well i feel like we, we i feel like buccaneers belong in 1b and that that was our, our main aim and it is our aim to get back up to 1b and, and maybe even press onto 1a where we were a couple of years ago so okay i think everyone a lot of clubs in in uh in, in our division are aiming to get back up uh up there or aim for promotion so it's highly contested but um we we didn't set out any specific goals but um we just go game by game and and stick to that we knew this year and um, it's going to be even more difficult because the winner of the league doesn't go directly up in this top four process. So it's a long season. You can go through different uh, different periods of form, and it's it's just get to that get to that top four at the end of the year, and then and then have a crack at it. So um, look, we we know, know where we are is tough. There's tough teams in our in our division, and um, look, we're in a bad run of form at the moment, but we are still in top four, and that's our that's our aim to get there. And then when they come to that playoffs, we'll be ready. Hopefully, if we get there. And like you said there, it's a, it's a
0: really, it's a hugely competitive league that you're in, with like the casual Queen's University. And I suppose from all the games you've played in yourself, is there a, a toughest opposition that you've come up against?
5: Uh, I think it's it's obvious that the Queen's are probably the toughest opposition. They're sitting top of the table and uh, our favourites to go up. Um, but then when it comes to when we've played them twice, I don't think we the scoreline might have flattered them, um, and especially in our home fixture, but I think we're not far off. Um, um, so... You can't you can't fear these things, but Queens are, are a good side. Cashel are a good side we had in the first game of the season. So it's a long time ago since we played them and we had in the last game of the season again. So um it, it's gonna be it's hard to put um I suppose any mirror to it when we played them, so they, I think they've come a long way since then. Um and look, we've we've lost a team in the team in the last two weeks to teams below us. So I think everyone can be everyone as you, as you said previously there, and uh, with your previous uh, person on that um, all all beating Casual the pre- previous uh, fixture, and they're bottom of the leagues. So they're fighting for their lives. So you can't you can't take anyone any any game for granted. So um, Queens is sitting top, but um, I think everyone everyone's in the hunt to, to go for promotion, and everyone's aiming for that, you know, or to stay in the league. As the teams in the bottom are staying, trying to fight, stay in the league. So it's highly competitive.
0: And I was looking only earlier on at, at I
5: suppose, tables from the 2019
0: 20 season, and Buccaneers are sitting in eighth place. And kind of yeah. what, what has changed since then? Is it kind of mentality or, or new personnel? Or what really is the difference since that last campaign?
5: Um, we've got a very young squad. I feel like we we come off the back of um, a few relegations. So we were in 1A, and then we got relegated down to 1B, and we back to back down to, to 2A. So uh, I suppose confidence around the squad probably wasn't at high, the at highest level. We we a lot of um, older personnel kind of left the squad, so it's a younger squad. And so as we were just feeling the way out, we, were, we didn't have a great season. I think we still had a game in hand in, in that in that division, in that league, and we still probably would have been up around fifty if we won that game or something like that. So we weren't weren't far off. But um, no, it's it is a young squad, and it's all about building confidence. I think a, a, a run of form in the AL is, is key. If you if you can get a run a form together and confidence. It's, 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 you can, you can feel like you can beat anyone. So, um, I, this year, I think we've got a great group. Um, lads are buying into it. And, um, look, we've, we've got decent results so far. We're not, we haven't won every game. We haven't, we haven't been happy with our performances, but I think that lads are willing to work hard on the training field. And it's, it's, well, hopefully, it'll get us where we want to be at the end of the year.
0: And like you said there, you're definitely a side that has shown everyone that you maybe do belong in them higher divisions at stages in a couple of games. And you did mention there about training and, what things do you really focus on as a group in training? Do you kind of look to see who you're playing at the weekend, how they kind of play, and work a bit around that, or do you really just focus on your own game plan?
5: There's a bit of both, um, I suppose. When it comes to the forward orientation, we, we do definitely look at the opposition lineouts or any plays they have, or um, and then defensively we kind of look at where where they attack, so we can we can uh, focus on, I suppose. Fine tuning our defensive structure because sometimes you can fall off that, or you know, just refreshing people's brain uh, brands. But um, no, we then we our main focus is always on ourselves because we feel like if we play to our potential. We can we can challenge any any side in the league. So um, I suppose when it comes to especially off the back of two losses, you kind of just have to refocus on your own skill set and and re and reemphasize that what well, we're doing is the right thing and it's just city mistakes or it's just decision making that's setting us down. So or it's just improving our skill set. And making sure we stick to the process that we have in in defense and attack. And then if we if we execute that on the pitch, we'll get the results, we'll get rewards. So um that's just It's just kind of putting that home in, in people's brains or in people's heads that the, that's the right thing this just the process and stick to it and um we'll get rewards on the field. And Evan, then finally, um, as kind of
0: a, I think to to finish on, when we have players on the show, we like to do maybe a, a few quick fire questions. So uh i was going to ask you a few things maybe about your teammates and the first person that comes to your head, I'll, I'll just get you to shoot out. Right. Right. So if I asked you who the who the best
5: passer you've played with is, who would you say to me? Uh, Graham Lynch. Uh, best kicker. Best kicker. Uh, I've ever played with Luke Carty. Right. Uh, best tackler. Um,
0: Roy Maloney. Um, and then maybe best, best rugby IQ, someone
5: who's always one step ahead of the play. Uh, my brother Fergus Galvin. Uh, best leader. Um, I suppose uh, our current coach, Colicirbate.
0: And then I suppose maybe when you were a, a younger lad going into the side, who was the biggest influence on you when you, when you first kind of went into seeing
5: rugby? Um, I suppose. I suppose my, our current coach actually, I mentioned Colo. He, I, he was our number eight when I first came into the into the squad, and I was a young, a young, a wiry number uh, back row. So, um, he was coming to the end of his career, and I was kind of starting off. So, kind of took us under the wing, and, and kind of, I suppose we got good relations from then to now. So, I'd I'd say him as well. Like, you know, a bit of different, different game plans, different, uh, sorry, different abilities. Now he's a a big ball carrier number eight, or I more of a just a uh, work workhorse on the field. So, but I'd I'd say just. He took to the wing and kinda of show you the ropes or if you make a mistake, which you have you tapping the shoulder and then on to the next one, you know.
0: And I suppose how how important is that you did mention earlier as well, with younger lads coming into the squad. How important is it to have that good balance between the experience and the youth?
5: Ah, it's key, you know. We've got a we've got a few uh while the old lads in the squad as well. Um uh Martin Staunton is one of the lads in the squad. I think he's he's, t- he's hitting forty, you know, he's uh, mid thirties anyway. Um and then we've got younger lads who are just out of school, so um it's it's important, you know. It's, it's you kind of finding common ground in the changing with some lads. that we young, you know. You're thinking, "Jesus, I'm that old." I'm I'm only mid twenties now. you feel like, "Jesus, I'm that old." But um, no, it is important because like you need to have uh, you need to have endurance, of youth, and then a bit of experience as well. Like you know, because if you're you're not gonna pretty we're not gonna win every um. If you don't have a few old heads there just uh, steady the ship, so yeah, I feel like we've got a good balance, and uh, hopefully um hopefully it'll bring us uh back on the right course now at the end of the season. and Evan, all
0: the best for the season and thanks so much for joining us now tonight.
5: Perfect, thank you very much for having me on.
0: Cheers. So I'm afraid that is all that we have time for tonight but make sure to tune in next Wednesday at 8pm where we'll be joined by Karen Noble to look at all of the Leinster Senior Schools Cup and we'll also be joined by Lansdowne out-half Peter Hasty. Thanks very much.